4: Welcome to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes tonight. Again, I'm I'm joined by Kev McCluskey for the Champions League Match Day. Kev, you've got a habit of turning up for the biggies. And tonight, having seen that line-up, it looks like we're in for an absolute treat. Um, What's your thoughts, first of all, before we try and dissect it and get stuck in about these comments?
3: Aye, well... First of all, my thought is uh, I'm hoping I'm turning up to a Celtic victory, which I haven't done for a while in the European games yet, in the big ones. Um, and looking at that team, I'm pretty confident that this could be the this could be the night. You know, if you look at that team, it's it's fully attacking players, a lot of threat and promise in that team. Uh, you you know, with Ange, he's not going to want to sit back and try and settle for anything. And that team is is a hundred percent set up to go out and attack right for the first whistle. So. I'm very, very much looking forward
4: to this one. Oh, yeah, definitely. For anyone who hasn't seen a lineup, I think most of you have, gone by the comments. Um, I think the, the key question is how they are going to line up. But here's the start of in, in any case. Joe Hart in goals with Juranovic, Taylor, Cameron Carter, Vickers and Jens at the back. And then it's uh, I guess who, I guess. Um, if you're going to go by what Jerry McCulloch was saying pre-match with Simon Donnelly, we're going to start with O'Reilly and Atati in the middle of midfield, with a bad out right, on the left, and Kyogo and Yakimakis through the middle, according to Celtic TV. That's going to be the lineup. But I know that there's a lot of different opinions in the comments which we'll get at. Um, the substitutes are made up of Bain, Segrist, Moy, Turnbull, McCarthy, Bernabe, I'm going to say Abligor, because apparently that's how you pronounce it, Maeda, Forrest, and Ralston. We keep saying this, it's a strong bench, there's no out-and-out strikers on there, although Maeda can certainly play through the middle. If it is, indeed, the four-four-two formation, almost, that uh, Jerry McCulloch alluded to before the game, Kevin, does that add a wee bit more excitement to it, too up top? Because when I first seen it, I thought to myself, it's oh, great that Yakimakis and Kyogo are starting, but Kyogo will be wide left, Haksabanovic will be the number 10, Abada will be out right. That's the way I kind of read it.
3: Yeah, similar. I've um, I'm looking at the team just now, and four four two was probably the one permutation I hadn't thought of, mm-hmm. of how he would play it. Sitting thinking it's it's a four three three, or he's going four two three one, or you know that there's different ways you can play that. But four four two was probably not the one I was thinking of. But you've got two wide players there. Uh, we're always going to have the width. It's just a, a really exciting-looking team that we've got. We're not going to try and sit back in this at all. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see how he lines it up, mm. and the fact that he's he's got all those different permutations and ways that he can play it means that, excuse me, we should be able to manage this game pretty well, depending on how it's going. We should be flexible enough to flit in and out of formations and give Shakhtar a lot of things to worry about. Same players in the park, but we can rotate them around and give them different problems at different phases of
4: the game. Absolutely. You know, just because Celtic TV have announced that that's the formation, that doesn't mean to say that's how Andrew's going to line up. I mean, you know, I'm just going well, by what exactly. was said. Um, Red Scotland, always a pleasure to have you on the show, Red Scotland. Uh, come on, get this wagon fired up. We've got even more to discuss. Now that Kyogo and Yakamaka start, what an adventurous lineup. It is an adventurous lineup. And it takes us right back uh, to the beginning. Where we were being told by Dan Orowitz and um Jared as well from Celtic Down Under that Ange Poster Koglu is quite happy to win five four. In fact, it would be happier than to win a, a game five four than one nothing. After the Hearts game, that's exactly what he said. He would rather the game was 1 4 3 than 1 0. Are we in for a partisan Belgrade style evening tonight, a 5-4 mm-hmm. perhaps? Settle for that right
3: now. And I'm in Angie's camp on that one. I, the, the main thing is that Celtic win the game. Uh and you'd take a 1-0 right now if it was what you were offered. But at the same time, we'd be like, I'd rather take a 5-4 because that's the Celtic way of just going out and attacking and making games interesting and exciting and difficult for ourselves. Uh I just hope though. That, you know, if it is that partisan one, at least this time we would come out on top. Because I do remember that game vividly. And being a young boy, and just not having a clue and understanding how we'd won the game, but we were out, you mm, know? I know. So at least tonight, if we win this game 5-4, we're still in. And we're still in by a chance of the Europa League as well. So I'll, I'll take 5-4 right now.
4: No, I absolutely agree with that. I remember that, that game um, vividly. I, I really do. I watched it um, at Butlins. That's where I watched that game. I wasn't at it. I watched their at Butlins. There's some yeah. things you don't admit. I'm sorry, man. So, uh, it's just
3: cards get, on the table. We're, tonight. Getting, we're getting all the revelations. It's all the revelations in these shows. Last time it was you don't drink beer, and now it's your your holiday to Butlins. I know <laughs> rock and roll, rock and
4: roll on a Celtic Stadium. Talking of which, rock and roll. Talking of of which, um, my tickets have been used by a, a bona fide rock and roll star tonight, but I'm not even going to say who it is. Um, if you know where my tickets are, you can go and say hello um, to someone who is an absolute icon of the music world. Uh, Red Scotland, I'm bringing you up twice in a row because this is a good point also. Hacksaw 2. When I see Hacksaw, I just think of Hacksaw, Jim Duggan. Now we're talking WWF wrestling from the 1990s. Where do they all play, I wonder? Is it 2 up top? According to Jerry McCulloch, it is. Or Kyogo in the 10? Or do they all just have a free roll? That actually goes back to the point you made. You've got Haksibanovich who can... He can wander from the left to the ten. You've got Kyogo who could go centre forward to left. You've got Abada who can go right to left. Uh, sorry, right to centre. Um, and then in the in the midfield, um, I think with regards to that, you've got O'Reilly and Atati. Um, it does beg the question, what, what is going to happen with our two in the middle, Kevin? Because O'Reilly has adapted his play, and I think, and I keep saying it, but he has done very, very well since he's played a deeper role. Uh, but normally he's flanked with Hatati and Moy in there tonight, there is no Moy. It's just Hatati.
3: How's the centre of midfield going to look? Aye, that's that's the big one, I think. Uh, from a defensive point of view, is how we're going to manage that. But I'm I'm of the opinion with uh, O'Reilly that he he just improved so much as a player with Callum McGregor being out because he's had to. Mm. He's the one player who's really adapted his game. Um, I was cautious about him going back to the you know, more holding, more defensive role in the midfield because I didn't think he had it in him I just didn't think that was his game he seems a very offensive player but he's he's grown already in the few weeks that McGregor's been out he's he's taken that mantle on taking the responsibility of putting in a defensive shift uh, to the point that going into this game with Hatati alongside him I'm not bothered that we don't have a a recognised defensive midfielder. We almost don't need one for this type of game anyway, because I think we're going to have to go out and try and win it. Mm -hmm. We've got two boys in the midfield that have got energy, they're athletic, they're good on the ball. Both of them can win it back when they have to. So, you know, trying to be offensively minded and positive about it, it's still a strong midfield. There's still fight in that midfield If it comes to it, we've got Big Oliver. I'm not going to pronounce his surname because I will get it wrong, but we've got Big Oliver that can come on. McCarthy could come on and settle things down if we need to. We've still got Mm -hmm. options there. But from the off, I think we do need to be attack-minded. And the boys that we've got out there certainly uh, share that mindset. Yeah, you're right. And we're going to run through the team
4: in a wee bit more detail. Uh, Obviously, you've not had a chance to speak about the uh, Hearts victory as well. Earlier on, Declan and I were chatting around how this campaign will benefit the players. Um, Because as we know, and as we've mentioned a few times, I mean, you just look at that particular lineup. in actual fact, uh, missing Forrest, missing McGregor, um, Joe Hart prior to the season is the only player that had any Champions League experience. And that, that, I mean, the fact that this is the fifth game uh, in the Champions League group this season means that for an ever-present, the most experienced outfield player's got five games under his belt. Now, I, I do think we need to highlight that, Kevin, because obviously it's a tournament, it's a level, it's a standard that you know, you've know you got to acclimatise to as a footballer. And I think that after this campaign, even if the unthinkable happens and we get bounced out of Europe, um, you've got to think a wee bit more kind of medium-term, i.e. next season the players like O'Reilly and Atate, who have spoken about Kewa Yakamakis, all of them indeed outfield players, they'll have had the five or six games under the belt. And that will, you know, that work wonders for the development at this level. Um, Is that me just looking for a positive, just in case we don't get through, or do you think it is? And Ange himself, this is Ange's fifth game at this level. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think he's learned a hell of a lot. And I did say, uh, obviously you and I have been on most of the Champions League games, Judge the second set of three games against the first and we'll win more points. Well we won one point in the first set three sets of games. We need to get a win tonight, obviously, to to better that. Um but you know, going back to it, I, I feel that the experience will galvanize this side and it will actually benefit us next season if we do end up going out of Europe this season. Definitely. I think
3: there is a bit of um, you have having to look for a positive somewhere because we don't have the points on the board to show it. So if you've got the points, it's a lot easier to look and say, hey, we've got six points in the group. That's a massive positive. It's a step forward. When we don't have the points, you've got to look a bit deeper. And I'll I'll look back to last season because I was thinking about this earlier on and you look at the the group we had in the Europa League last season and in some of the games, we were outplayed at times. And um, I'm thinking kind of against Leverkusen maybe at Celtic Park we were unfortunate but we were outplayed and they put four past us and they could have scored more we showed frailties in certain games and then this season we've stepped up a level because we're playing against Real Madrid who are the best side in the world mm-hmm. you're playing against uh, Leipzig who are at worst as equal to Leverkusen you're playing against Shakhtar Donetsk who are a better team than Ferenc Varos and in every game up until today, we've taken everyone to at least an hour and gone totally toe with them. Yeah. So the progress is there in the performance, if not in the actual results itself. To get a win tonight, to get a Champions League win, the first for five years or whatever it is, that would be the icing on the cake to this campaign, I think. But progress is there. If you judge it only by points and by wins, uh, you don't always see the, the, the true picture. And I think yeah. progress has been made on the pitch. And I definitely think going into next season, if we're back in the Champions League, we come back a a more rounded team and a Champions League ready team because everyone, if we can keep this group together, has that season of experience under the belt that we didn't have this season, which we often forget because we look at the domestic games and the dominance we've got and how good we are. And then we expect just to transfer that straight away into Europe. And it's a massive step up. It's a massive learning curve. But there hasn't been a failure. Like no one there's been a few players that maybe haven't done quite what we want from them. But no one's failed. No one's shown that they're not capable of playing at this level. I like think everyone has to a degree. And that's where you take your positives and that's where you can see that progress has been made. And then you come back next season a stronger side.
4: Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about the lineup? How are we actually going to be shaping up this evening? Jake on the YouTube channel, everyone getting excited that Kyogo and Yakimakis both play. But I'm worried it's a 4-2-3-1 with Kyogo on the left wing, where he is not as effective. That was my first thought, Jake. Um, I do prefer him through the middle. Uh, earlier on today, Lawrence and Declan had a discussion about Kyogo you know, playing his first game against Rangers out left and you know it was when he came into the centre in the last 20 minutes of the game that we looked most likely to score. Uh, Neil Fullerton, I believe we will charge at them from the off and it'll be 3-0. I predicted earlier today 3-1 Kevin, there's going to be goals, absolutely but when I predicted 3-1, I didn't realise we were going to be going out so gung-ho. Um, I'm going to stick with my prediction though, I'm not going to change it. What, what do you think? I know it's a wee bit early for predictions on the pre-match but uh, having seen that team and let it settle down, what is your prediction for tonight? Oh, uh,
3: there will be goals, definitely. Uh, <laughs> there will be blood, I thought
4: you were going to say that. Yeah,
3: there will be blood, well there might very well be. Um... <laughs> But uh, uh, since you mentioned it earlier, let's go for the the Partizan Belgrade 5-4. Or maybe make it the Terrell Innsbruck 6-3, or whatever that game was. <laughs> so, I think I think it could, it's could got to potentially be something like that. Because they're a decent side as well, we know that. Boys like Mudrik and Zubkov, they'll mm. get forward, they'll cause us problems in the break. So I'd, I'll be very surprised if we keep a clean sheet. Um, and we're going to have to score more than them. So... Yeah, 54. That's bold. 60.
4: Bo- 60. That's bold. That is the <laughs> boldest prediction I've seen, even in the comments. You and boy Martin, welcome back. You and I hope you're well. Hell hell troops. Is Ange playing a 442 tonight? Well, according to Celtic TV, he is. But we shall see because it wouldn't. Uh, you know, surprised me. if even filled uh, the official club channel. Ed, Ed will it not be Kyogo on the left and Hacks a play number ten? Look, we're all trying to second guess our Ange Postacoglu. Um, before we move on to looking through the individuals on on the park, uh, Ange is one of these managers, Kevin, that virtually every press conference, virtually every interview, becomes a must watch. Now, press conferences can be pretty, I don't know, boring affairs because, you know, they're pre-match or post-match and and you've got certain things that um, journalists are looking for so that they they know who's injured, blah, blah, etc. And even at that, Ange comes away time and time again. and He's been laughing at people this week. He's been calling them mischievous. Um, Again, Ange is, you know, he's come into this game... In Scottish football, um, and I think that his achievements were underplayed by a lot in the press and in the in the broadcasting media. Um, and he's constantly proving them wrong. And and this week, it's almost as if he's got to that point. Kevin, but he's just tired of battering away the same old questions. And I'll tell you what, he, he won't miss you if you ask a question that's already been asked. <laughs> with regards to VAR last week. Um, or if you ask a question that he doesn't think it's his responsibility to answer, he will let you know. Um, how impressed have you been with these post and uh, pre-match interviews in the last week?
3: He's an absolute breath of fresh air, and he has been since the moment you walked in the door with these things. Uh, you've got to only go back to, it was it after his first couple of games, and his first mate to, uh, was it Chris, Ma- oh, Chris McLaughlin, I think it was maybe, from the BBC, and you just thought, right, he gets it. He's not going to take any bull from anyone at a press conference. He's not going to take... He doesn't, he's doesn't. he got no time to answer frivolous questions. He just wants to talk about the game, talk about his team, focus on that. And, and that's how it should be. Like you say, if, if you're asking him the same question over and over again, trying to get a different answer, he'll put you in your place. And uh, that's what you need. He's a character. And he's, he's the kind of guy that, as you say, makes every interview that he does a must-watch.
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for.
5: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
3: You know, you don't get that from very many managers. A lot of them come out with kind of stale answers all the time. And wears his hat and his sleeve when he answers as well and lets you know what he thinks. So it's unmissable, yeah, isn't it? Absolute breath of fresh air, unmissable, yeah.
4: Yeah, there, there was one comment, and Declan covered it extensively earlier on today, talking about glass ceilings and how, uh, you know, when he came to, to Celtic, how a lot of people wrote him off before a ball was kicked. They didn't find something to be uh, an Australian manager managing in the Champions League, and he doesn't believe in glass ceilings. And I think you know the discussion I had with Declan today was all around that mentality, um, and that shift in culture where if you do think that there are limits uh, to achievements and success, then obviously ultimately you won't you won't batter through that glass ceiling. And he's that type of manager that totally believes it. He's not read a couple of these self-help books and, he, and he's just reciting them. We all know them, right? We all things on your Facebook and they hit you with the same old motivational nonsense on a Monday for their car. But he's not like that. He, what he's telling you is genuine. It's authentic, Kevin. He actually believes. Yeah, if you were to ask him in the next five years, do you think you will win the Champions League? He probably does. He probably has that yeah. belief in himself um, now I'm not going to say it is possible Because the game has changed so much But he doesn't believe in limits
3: No he doesn't And he's the reason that on match day one Me and you sat here uh, Going into a game against Real Madrid Actually believing we could win the game mm-hmm. You know we, we we laughed and joked that we'd probably become a meme On some site somewhere about it Because of how positive we were But he's the reason Because he actually does get you believing And he's he's got the realism about him as well where he'll probably admit, you know, deep down, Real Madrid should probably win this game. But if you go into the park believing that, then they will win it.
4: Yeah. If you go into the yeah.
3: park believing that you can win, you've got a chance. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's kind of one of the reasons why I think I've been so positive coming on all these the Champions League shows and thinking, like, if you're going to the game you don't believe we can win, don't go, because your energy won't help us to win. If you're a player that doesn't think you can win, don't put on the jersey. Because you'll not win, you know. Uh, but he he genuinely makes you believe that that one percent chance that you've got is actually a viable chance, and that you can do it. And there's very few managers that give you that genuine belief. Mm-hmm. You know, you you bluff yourself into believing with another manager, with a Rodgers or a Lennon or Ronnie Dyla going into these games, it would be everything would be through green tinted specs. That we could win this game. But with Ange, it's a genuine belief that you can do it. And that is, that's the priceless thing that he brings to us above everything else.
4: It definitely is. I mean, people will think you're, you're crazy for making any kind of comparisons between the side that we have at the moment and the management team compared to the greatest side that we've ever had. But there are similarities, let's just say, in relation to Ange coming in, revitalising certain players, because Jock Stein did that, obviously. Um, moving players um, moving positions. You know, there, there was that famous quote that Jockstein halved the number on Bobby Murdoch's shorts and doubled his effectiveness. And sometimes it's just knowing where to put a player and where they can be effective. And, you know, I was going to say this earlier on today, I never got the chance, but um, Greg Taylor starts tonight in a competition that many, many people on this show and uh, many Celtic fans said he wasn't good enough for.
3: Two seconds Paul I'm going to have to plug in my
4: charger It's fine I thought, <laughs> it I, thought, <laughs> I thought it was Pirlo It's fine In the meantime I will go into the comments section and I've got Jake on the YouTube A club as big as Celtic cannot finish on a point in this group There's only one Scottish team that are Europe's whipping boys and it's not us Jake I think that yeah I, I agree with that sentiment And I think that you won't have to worry because we won't finish on a point. Um, I I reckon that a win will be uh, within our grasp tonight. And then again, Kevin and I will be sitting prior to a game at the Bernabeu, fully believing because of Ange Postacoglu that we'll be able to go and get something at the Bernabeu. Kevin,
3: are you all plugged in? And and, and I will have my charger (laughs) in. Well, I was just talking about Never worked with kids, animals and me, I think is the same. Technology, <laughs> aye. Um, no, I, I was talking about Taylor because he's
4: one of the guys I, I kept hearing, oh, he's all right domestically, but he's not a European player and we need European-class players. Um, we spoke about the upgrade, the apparent upgrade from from Ralson to Zhiranovic, um, and people were thinking, well, Burnaby is going to be the, the similar upgrade on the left-hand side. Taylor's performances have been so good that's not happened. And he starts again tonight in the Champions League on merit. He's he was a hero, uh, obviously scoring a winning goal at Tynecastle. Um but we were talking before you 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 left there for a moment about how Ange has had this impact on certain players. We're now going into this game, pretty happy that Greg Taylor's playing left back in the Champions League. You know, last season I'm not sure we would have been. You know, given that set of circumstances.
3: No. Or or the season before no, I mean, last. Uh... Season before last, certainly not. He was um, he wasn't he wasn't Champions League level a couple of years years ago. He was a decent player. He was a Premiership, Scottish Premiership level defender, but he was never the, the player that he is now. I remember last season, being on shows and we're talking about the team. and You, you were saying you know our best left back is Josip Juranovic, and at a point in the season he probably was at the That's start right. of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ange's seen something. He's obviously coming with a system that he wants to play, but he hasn't replaced Taylor because he's seen something in him that mm-hmm. no one else had seen. And he thinks, actually, this is the boy that will fit this system that I want. He's got that passing ability. He's got the intelligence that he can come in field. He knows how to play the game. Um, and again, you know, I'm saying the thing about the positivity and the, the motivation, the last aspect that Postacoglu brings, that eye for a player an eye for a talent is something else that he brings you know, he's He has spotted something. Taylor would be a fine left-back and he would do the, the up-and-down job pretty well for anyone. But now he's been turned into a, a fantastic inverted full-back mm-hmm. who gets forward and scores goals and helps to create chances and adds so much more value to the team. And that's all down to, Well, it's down to Ange for picking him out and then down to Taylor for actually having the, the kind of dedication, the hard work commitment to go and see it through and do it, everything he's been asked to do. So, you know, he's a, he's definitely like that, kind of number one Ange poster boy of what card and, mm. you know, you'll get the results. And buy into what
4: it is he's selling. Buy into exactly. Ange, but lock buy stock. Into it, yeah. Absolutely. You yeah. look at the two I mean, fullbacks. Again,
3: Taylor, could, Taylor could have had the abilities but not bought into it. Yeah. Not believed it. But no, I'm mm. just a, I'm just a regular fullback. But he did, he bought into it. He believed and that's what I'm saying. If you've got that belief, but it be a bit of natural ability, Ange, you can, you know, the sky's the limit. Mm. You look at some of the moments at Taylor and
4: Rouse. I know Ralson's no starting tonight, but you look at some of the moments they've had since Ange came in, both in an, an attacking sense mainly, but also defensively. You, th- you think of some of the... The last ditch tackles, um, goal line clearances that Ralston had in Europe last year. Uh, at the weekend, there he sets up the opening goal for Forest. He's done that so many times that you know the the, the goal against Ross County seven minutes in injury time. Taylor, he's
3: you know, a very good goal as well. at The weekend, he did, he did, he oh, absolutely did. Should no. have been a
4: legitimate goal. I felt yeah. quite sorry for him because it was so well taken. The diving header, you know. It yes, yeah,
3: it's, it's a brilliant goal, and he's done it's that one dying before art. as well.
4: It's a dying art. Yeah.
3: I'm not t- you know. And I
4: think Taylor's also had his moments. Um, he said his moments, you know, as recently um, as our, our win where a batter's ghosted in um, and he was actually depicted as a ghost on the graphics that we were showing on the show last week. Um, but, you know, the cross came in from Taylor. He's done that so often. People went on and on and on about his final ball. Well, his assists speak for themselves. And of course, he pops up and scores the winning goal. Um, against Hearts at the weekend, what what a game that was! Just for a moment, you've not had a chance to talk about it. You know, I, I think we're in for a bit of a an assist to um, Colin. What on Monday? We don't describe football games as roller coaster games on Axon. You've got to come up with something a wee bit more original. But we are we are looking at a, another topsy turvy game tonight, where it's going to be advantage Celtic, and then you know perhaps then conceding. Um, I, it well it well might be similar to the the game against Hearts.
3: I'd be surprised if it's not, to be fair. Yeah, I'm expecting it to be similar to that, to be honest. That's why you know when when you brought up the memories of the, the Red Star game, I'm thinking, do you know what? That's probably not a bad analogy for what we might see tonight. Uh we're gonna go all out, guns blazing from the, the first whistle, I would think, trying to get the goals. They'll sit back and we know they've got pace to hit us in the break. Mm. So I think I can see it being quite a kind of end to end kind of game, maybe. More open than Shakhtar would like it to be. I think, um, as I say, I think there'll be goals in this one. Maybe my six three is a is a bit outrageous, but I'm going to stick with it anyway because why not? Good man, you, you've got to stick with.
4: Jaranovic um, Mudrik was a was an interesting contest because I mean, people go on about the, the the star star talents. I was watching earlier on today the the Neville interview with Paul Scholes, and they were talking about the the ridiculous nature of Haaland at Man City, etc. But you know, I think in a couple of moves, Modric could be one of these players that um, you know is at a top top European club. Yet against Juranovic, I think you know, yeah, he scored the goal. I know, and he burnt him for pace. On we get all that, but I thought Juranovic recovered pretty well. And having Carter Vickers behind him tonight and playing at home, I think we're going to we're going to have a different a different evening. He's still the danger man. I get that, but I think I really do think that we can contain him particularly with Carter Vickers uh, behind Juranovic. What What's your take on that? Because I do think I was maybe quite critical of Juranovic in the last European game. I thought he tired pretty badly in the last half hour of the game, 20 minutes of the game. Um, and the final two goals, you know, came from his area of the park. There weren't errors on his part, Kevin. But, you know, I, I just felt he had tired by that stage. Um, That's going to be an interesting battle tonight, a, a head-to-head, isn't it, between Juranovic and Mudrik?
3: Yeah, it's going to be a massive game for Juranovic in particular. Um, as I was going through like, the teams in the group before and saying, "You know, Madrid, best team in the world, and all this." The third-ranked team in the in the group, Shakhtar, has got a player, Midrich, who's valued at about seventy million or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, is it not something ridiculous that he was being linked with Newcastle in the summer, £50 million, 70 million something yeah. like that? Yeah, that's that's. That's the level that we're up against. It's an insane amount of money, and he is that good a player. He's shown it in the games everyone's seen him play. He's such a a talent, a raw talent. When he gets the ball at his feet, he can just run it. Players, and it's a frightening sight. <coughs> Excuse me. It's going to be massive for Gjuranovic because I, I do think he's probably been the weakest of the defenders so far, um, and it has been the it's not through lacky ability, it's just been the come the hour mark, the, the seventy minute mark. He's done in. And teams have kind of targeted him in the last 20 minutes of the games. But he's another one, though, if you think about it. He's, uh, he's the right-back for the World Cup finalists in the last World Cup. You know, he's not in that team. It's the first-choice right-back. Mm-hmm. He's no mug. He's a very good player. If he's on his game tonight, I think he can handle Mudrick. I think he can give him a game. And the fact is, if we're going out to attack, Mudrick doesn't see the ball that's got to be our game plan. If we can keep the ball away from him, he won't cause us any problems. If we can focus on what we want to do, what we can do best, um, we can keep him quiet. And we did largely in the away game. You know, he had to, he scored the goal and he had another couple of good runs, but over the course of 90 minutes, we kept him largely quiet. And I think we're having Carter Vickers in behind now as well, that Cameron influence a bit, kind of stable, level-headed player there as well. That, that allows... Juranovic to push up a wee bit more, become a bit more offensive because he mm-hmm. knows he's got he's, he's got the best defender in Scotland behind them. So it's going to be an intriguing battle, definitely. Um, but let's just hope it's not one that we actually see all that much because we can keep the ball away from Mudrick and up the other end. Yeah,
4: nullify the threat, and I'm looking forward to Cameron Carter-Vickers and Jens finding Haksa with these cross-field passes that were so effective against Hibs. Um, and we didn't see enough of them, actually, in the, in the few games we were, um, when Carter Vickers was missing. I, do, I just don't think we've seen enough of that, missing out the full-backs, going straight to the wings. That's what we need to do. The game is about to, or has just kicked off. Let's go and get the action, Kevin, and at half time we'll see if your 6-3 is going to come up. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Thank you, Kevin McCluskey, for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Right. Cheers, Bob. Thanks very Thank much. Welcome back to A Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and I will be joined by Kev McCluskey very soon to discuss the first half where Celtic have taken the lead at Celtic 1, Shakhtar Donetsk nil. The goal coming from Yakamakis, the man with the uh, incredible goal-scoring record. You can look at his uh, record in many different ways, but what it always gives you is goals. Um, I'm interested to bring in Um, As many of you as possible, obviously, because um, I'm awaiting Kevin's arrival. Uh, Boheed Bob wasn't working, actually, pretty awful. But 1-0, funny old game. We spoke, Boheed, about the attacking selected for tonight's game. It looked as though it could have well been a swashbuckling first half. Uh, We were predicting um, goal-scoring uh, feats like the game against Partizan Belgrade five four doesn't look as though that's going to be the case, like you say. But quite frankly, um, when you're a goal up, that doesn't matter. It matters little. Um, Barry McCluskey wants to see Haksabanovic re- release the ball a bit earlier. I'll tell you that there's no doubt about Haksabanovic's um, ability. But uh, I, I, I take Barry's point. There was one moment where uh, Greg Taylor was on the overlap and, and he's waited a wee bit too long and by the time he's released the ball um, he's lost it. He's lost possession but let's talk Barry. Let's talk about the goal then because Haksa Banovic played a major role in it. I've been going on Time and time again about this, um, the, the pass to the wingers from the centre half position. So you've got Jens and Car- Cameron Carter Vickers, and they've been using this so effectively, uh, mainly domestically, whereby they're missing out the fullbacks, the inverted fullbacks are missed out. It gets the uh, opposition defenders right on the back foot, and that's exactly what happened tonight. You look at Jens getting that ball, playing it through to Hak um, and it just cuts right through them. And that's exactly where we got that opening because up until that point, um, did we have a clear-cut chance? There was a couple of half-chances, I think. Nothing clear-cut. I remember writing that down here after 20 minutes. No clear-cut chances by Celtic at that stage. Um, But Haksibanovic received that ball from Jens. It cut right through the Shakhtar defence. And, of course, uh, the ball was was, uh, well-weighted, I felt, and uh, Abada goes in, as he does, But the defender done really well. When that ball breaks to anybody in the box wearing a Celtic jersey, you want it to break to Jakimakis because he is um, dynamite in that position. I think Chris Sutton was talking about that in the first half. The ball falls to Jakimakis and it's likely to be um, a goal and that's exactly what happened brilliant finish superb finish by Yakamakis. that's his first European goal for Celtic his record is astonishing I'm going to throw this one out there I'm not going to criticise any individuals but I think in terms of the involvement in the game Kyogo hasn't really been in the game am I missing anything let me know what you think uh, I wouldn't be making any any change to the personnel or indeed the shape at this stage I, I see a, a few comments coming in saying you don't think it's working What would you do? Do you think he's going to do it at halftime? Ange is a bit of a creature of habit at times when it comes to making changes. I'm not so sure he'll make them because we're a goal up. uh, But that's a good point. In any case, Barry McCluskey, I really am interested to hear your take on that first half. Well, i wait on Kevin McCluskey coming in to um, assist for the halftime analysis. Paddy Lavery, it's good to see you on the YouTube and hopefully... I will see you in person in January when you come along to Graces to see Axon live with Brian McLeir. Our passing has been woeful, says Parry, and that's a bit unusual for an Ange Postacoglu side. Um, but I'll tell you, we haven't crafted that many clear-cut chances. But there has been uh, a few. There have been a few uh, moments where I think we need to discuss. I think that in that first half, you're going to struggle to find a better performer um than Greg Taylor. I think Greg Taylor has been outstanding in that first half. And um you know, he's a player that we spoke about before the game, Kevin McCluskey and I. We spoke about the uh, how revitalised he has been. He came into um Celtic Park under Neil Lennon. I don't know the ins and outs of that, but it didn't look as though well Lenny fancied him, did it? He didn't play a great deal of games. Um and obviously it was a difficult time
1: Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.
4: You know, in that final season for Neil Lennon, but I'll tell you what he has done. He's proved himself under Ange Postecoglou. He has taken to the inverted full-back role like a doctor water. There were moments where he was winning the ball, uh, breaking up a Shakhtar attack midway through that first half, and when the ball broke on the right uh, on the right wing, it broke to him. Greg Taylor had made his way from the centre of the park he was in a right wing position he played the ball inside um, it didn't result in a short goal but Greg Taylor has for me been the, the best performer in that first half I think he's been absolutely excellent there was one wee mistake but thankfully behind him he had a defence um, that uh, were able to sweep up for him so let's bring in Ewan boy Martin Ewan does appear on the show uh, from time to time it's always a pleasure to see him travelling through um, to speak on a Celtic state of mind. So far, so good, says Ewan. Need to keep calm in the second half and try and score again. Another performer I would like to point out has been Matt O'Reilly. He's been getting a lot of praise on a Celtic state of mind recently. But uh, when you look at his defensive uh, performance in that first half, it's been absolutely vital because we are playing with a slightly different shape and I think that um, he has had to be that pivot. He's had to be that uh, ball winner um, to try and release Hatati. Hatati has been in the game, not as much as I would like um, to see but he has been in the game. Danny comes in on the YouTube. Danny uh, Lightify. Is it just me or can bada not pass? It just seems too inexperienced. He likes to score goals um, but yeah, distribution wise we spoke before the game, Kevin and I, about how the team is going to benefit from this campaign and I've no doubt they will regardless of what the outcome's going to be at the end of the six games but um, there are certain players who I don't think have you know lit the tournament a lie a light rather Um, and one of the the players that that I would suggest um, could be doing with a good performance or a goal is a badder the other one would be Kyogo. I wanted Marcus to get in the score sheet as well, but he has obliged with that uh, excellent finish this evening. Um, so, unfortunately, Kevin won't be able to, to uh, join us, but that's fine because, you know, I'm quite enjoying speaking to you guys. In any case... Um, as you and Boy Martin said, everything's going to plan so far. Um, John has a slight concern with the crosses, saying that we need to beat the first man with the crosses. Absolutely, we do, and um, I think that that has been one of the the most frustrating elements of the first half is that we've not really had the opportunity to get the uh, the wingers in on the action. Haksabanovic has seen a wee bit more of the ball. Than a Um but we need to get them more involved in the game. And as I said before the game, um, I think the the way to do that is to cut through the midfield, cut through the full backs, go straight from centre half to to uh, the wingers. And you know their their favoured pass, the centre halves is to O'Reilly. O'Reilly goes in, he picks it up, and he's looking for a bit of movement and some space. But You know, if they miss out the midfield and cut through, you've seen how decisive that can be as well. Aero 250, welcome back to the show, um, sporting the very natty Celtic away strip, which is um, heading towards being one of the biggest selling Celtic away kits of recent times. Uh, No wonder, it's an absolute beautiful specimen. Need a second half, a second rather, Aero says, as this Shakhtar side are dangerous. Let's talk about their danger then. Before the game, uh, we looked at the head-to-head between Juranovic and uh, Mudrik. How do you think Juranovic has fared? I think he's done particularly well. There was a there was a chance, um, I've got a note here, 41 minutes. It would have been a dreadful time. It really would have been a really dreadful time to um, consider a goal. Joe Hart stood up saved the uh, shot from Mudrick and Celtic were able to to clear the danger so it was excellent by Joe Hart and he's a player who he's a goalkeeper who has come in for uh, a bit of stick over the last wee while uh, obviously we were doing really well against Leipzig um, until we conceded the second goal where obviously Joe Hart makes that mistake um, and there was a bit of talk probably for a couple of days after that quite a lot of comments coming in saying that he should be dropped um, I thought that would have been a dangerous move, actually. Always, you know, I would think really you know, long and hard about dropping a goalie uh, because then, uh, you know, eventually you're you're looking to reintroduce them into the side and you don't want to hamper their their confidence. Would it do that to Joe Hart with the experience he's got? I think, you know, anyone's capable of having their confidence knocked. So, no, I didn't agree with the fact that he should have been dropped. I don't think he has been dropped. I think that um, Segrist will be given as much game time as possible in the League Cup. Um, but Ange has been proven right by keeping his faith in Joe Hart. And tonight, you know, and there has been other occasions where he's pulled off excellent saves um, since his wee spot uh, of poor form. Stephen Wolf, if we had nine more Greg Taylors this game, it would be ours already. He has been brilliant, isn't he, Stephen? Um, and, and, you know, that flies against... It was interesting, Kevin reminded me that uh, I was going on about our best left-back being Juranovic, and I did. That was a comment I made more than once. Um, but, you know, Greg Taylor has proven any of his, his doubters wrong, uh, particularly those who didn't think he could play at this level because, I mean, he has been the best player um, in a Celtic jersey in the first half, in my opinion, for sure. Um, and I, I really am looking forward to getting as many of your comments in as possible, um, Robert, Robert Ingram, brilliant, much more assured looking so far I think, you know, this is the thing right you've seen the starting 11 and you think what a really uh, maybe a gung-ho approach, maybe a, a you know, a, a forward thinking attacking approach to the starting lineup. Um but it's not really been that that game has it so far Robert but what we have seen is a very assured performance. Um, there's been a couple of occasions where Shakhtar Donetsk have broken. We know how dangerous they can be. We know how good Mudric is, how strong he is. But, you know, I don't really think that um, we were under too much pressure. I wasn't happy with the possession. I think Shakhtar Donetsk seemed to take a grip of the game after the first five, six minutes. Um, and, and I wasn't happy with that, particularly at Celtic Park. But did they really have um, our hearts and our mouths other than that one save from Johart? Probably not but that was a, a timely reminder of what they can do, they can cut through you can't they? Um, I'm going to bring in Nihilus Jack who's got a few words to say about Abada, you reckon he's out with his depth in the Champions League get Forrest on, Hacks, Haxabanovic a great attacker but his crossing, dead ball is miles off I, I would be loathed to have that view on Abada at this stage um, prior to This season, he was one of the players, one of many of the players, who has never kicked a ball at this level. And I think that, you know, his development, his progression since coming to Celtic as a 19-year-old, moving from his homeland, settling in, uh, obviously having his uh, companion with uh, Beaton, who's since departed. And that helped him a great deal. You know, by the end of the season, he was one of our best performers, performers across the piece, albeit much of those performances were domestically. So, yeah, I take that uh, on board. And he's one of the guys that I've mentioned where I don't think he's, he's lit up the tournament yet. And I think that he can do better. But I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's out of, his, out of his depth. I think that, you know, there's players who have adapted quicker than he has to these types of games. Um, and, you know, you just look at the goal, He's done everything right. It's been a very, very good block by the defender. If that goal goes in and the confidence he would get from that, you know, because that's the type of thing that's been happening as well in some of the domestic games where he's ghosted in, he's scored a goal. um, And, you know, that's been his main contribution in a lot of these games. So I'm not quite ready to write him off. I can see at some point, if it continues, that he will be replaced by Forrest. And also take your point on Hax. I think he's a great uh, talent and I think that he was brilliant in that first. Uh, that first goal, uh, but there are occasions where, as Barry Mccluskey says, he maybe holds onto the ball too too long, or his final ball isn't quite what it could be. Um, but you know these are little tweaks. These are players that are adapting. He's still new to the squad. He's new to this to this team under Ange. Um, and I think Joe Porter probably um, agrees with my own sentiments on this. They are a decent team. Look at the results. You know, they got a draw against Real Madrid, a team that we were all impressed with at Celtic Park. And they beat uh, Leipzig. They they absolutely humbled Leipzig 4-1. One of the shocks of the tournament sent uh, ripples all, all across European football, that one. So, yeah, we are up against a really decent side and we were disappointed when we didn't get the win away from home and you know what we're 1-0 up at half time it's looking good let's not make the same mistakes we did when we played them over in Poland um, that's about half time I can see that I can see some of you have uh, tuned into to the, the second half that's almost half time uh, over in terms of the half time bulletin please rejoin us at full time if you want to support the channel we just ask you to give us a thumbs up like the video um, also I could have been at the Game tonight, I gave my tickets away to a rock and roll star i 've not seen them yet being picked out by the cameraman um But he's at the game tonight. So like the channel. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Give us a subscribe on YouTube. And if you want to buy some of our merch, including this brilliant shamrock top from the 1950s and 60s, click on the link underneath the video and you can buy uh, this and other garments from the Axom online shop. Thanks, everybody, for joining me. Join me at full time again uh, for another episode of A Celtic State of Mind. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and tonight I'm joined by Kevin McCluskey. We are here to talk about a disappointing night in Europe, Kevin. It's got to be said over the piece where we're sitting here at half-time and we're a goal up. They managed to claw that back and Celtic are out of Europe. Sum up for us, before we start bringing some of the comments in, Sum up tonight for us. Are we just a wee bit short at this, at this level? Is this the campaign
3: that got away? How would you sum it up? Oh. I think it's a bit of both of those two things. I think we've we've shown in every game uh, that we've been able to compete and we've gone toe totally toe with everyone in every game up until like the 55, 60 minute mark. Today we were able to today and also I think in the the first game in Poland against the Nets, we were able to take them for the full 90 minutes. So we've maybe found that a team like Donetsk is the level that we should be trying to compete against a bit more. Uh, but overall, I think it is just that uh, coming up just short. We've we've been outclassed by teams in the end. We've been outclassed by teams that are better than us. And the team that's in the, the pot just above us, we've given them two pretty decent games. We're getting our two points from the group, from that team. So, you know, there's, you can take positives from it. Going to be difficult after that because I think we had we're all just very disappointed because this was mm. the game, but I think we all thought we were not guaranteed the three points. But if we were going to get get a win, it was this one, and it does kind of feel like this is a game that got away because it it was there for the taking. I felt anyway.
4: Yeah, and I think you know that that has been a, a frustration for a while. It's not so so f- much that. We're all wild in our aspirations and we think we're going to be getting to the latter stages of the Champions League overnight, Kevin. But it's about managing to go toe-to-toe with teams like Shakhtar Donetsk and his group and coming away with something um, better than a couple of one each draws. These are the games that we should be taking something more from. That That's the frustration. Um, you play against Real Madrid. I don't know what's going to happen in Spain. But you come away from that and you're proud of the team. We were proud that night, weren't we? With the the fact that we did we did compete for 55 minutes and, you know, there were moments in its fine margins and we've heard all of this. Um, and then there are similar scenarios against Leipzig, but it's the games against Shakhtar Donetsk that you think we could have won, you know. And um, I'm going to bring this up here from Autumn Glow because... You point out that we can't complain about bad luck if you look at that open goal they missed and yeah it was a horrendous miss. But I think the disappointing one for me, you know, we'll go through some of the you know the snapshot by O'Reilly or the post being hit by Yakimakis, it's the chance Kyogo gets, you know, where um Jurius Ma- Yakimakis plays him in it's a one-on-one you, you could you could be kind to him and say he's tried to hit it through his legs, but it looks more to me that he's just hit it straight at the goalie, and it was an easy enough save for the keeper. But that's the
3: moment, Kevin, really, that you've got to be decisive. You've got to score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really really tame finish from him, and it's so unlike him because he's normally clinical in that position. So I don't know if he's going through a wee kind of crisis in confidence at the moment because he hasn't scored that that many goals recently. But that's the chance. That a top striker's got to put away. He's mm-hmm. just got to have the composure in front of goal then you know, you give the keeper the eyes and you put him the other way. Big mess. You wonder if it was the other way around, if it's Kyogo that slipped Jackie Macus through, how does that one end up? You know, and that's the thing. But our whole campaign in a way has been full of these what if moments. And mm-hmm. uh that there is only so much I think you can or so long you can kind of pedal that one before you go, Do you know what? We've given it our best, our best just hasn't been good enough. But it's a learning curve, it's a whole experience and we'll come back next season, hopefully, a bigger bit, a stronger side because we're stronger this season than we were last season. So you can see that there's there's improvements in there and you've just got to hope that you know it continues again in the, the next campaign.
4: We've not been humbled in any of the games. We've not gone out and no. taken a tank Um and by the way, I'm touching mood as I say that because I know we've still got to go to the Bern, right?
3: But well, that's your famous last words, right there. You know, it, but, um... it, it would put a
4: downer on it if you had gone out and got absolute pasted, even if it was a four nothing, and we've not had that. We, we haven't had that, and I think that you can, you know, rest assured that Ange will analyse what's gone on tonight. Um, I'll be interested to hear his post-match. I'm going to bring this up because I'm interested to hear everybody's observations. Lawrence reckons that O'Reilly and Hattati were wildly inconsistent in the game. I I don't know if I agree about O'Reilly. Again, though, I'm open to uh, hear your thoughts on this one, Kevin. I thought O'Reilly was one of our best players. I I would maintain Taylor over the piece was Celtic's best player tonight. But I thought O'Reilly... Did really, really well. I was still noting defensive attributes where he was able to um, break down attacks from Shakhtar. Um, Hatate wasn't his best night. Uh, And, and, you know, I've taken a note here probably about 20 minutes before full-time where I just felt Hatate was spent. I thought he was done. Far too many passes were going astray. Um, He wasn't decisive enough at that moment in time. I thought he was tiring badly by that stage. But O'Reilly, I tend to disagree. I thought O'Reilly played pretty well tonight.
3: Yeah, I think O'Reilly had a, for me, he had a bit of a mixed game, to be honest. I felt uh, maybe the first 10, 15 minutes, he he wasn't quite himself. He'd made a few kind of slack passes, trying to maybe force the issue a wee bit too much. Wasn't quite his kind of usual accurate self with the passing, but then he grew into the game. Um, and his, his defensive side, again, was the thing that really impressed me. He's back in making tackles. He's putting a foot in to intercept passes and break up the play. And I think that gave him the confidence, and his whole attacking game improved from there. Where you'd maybe say he was inconsistent was that his final product didn't always come off, but he never had. And that's for me is a big thing about a player like him. He'll make mistakes, but then he'll want the ball again straight away. Yeah. Um, so. For me, I, I, thought a, I thought he had a pretty decent game. He made mistakes, but he didn't let it bother him and he just got on with it. Hatate, again, I thought he was really good in the first half. I thought he was, well, maybe not exit, but he was really good. He was covering the ground, he was um, helping to kind of build attacks and keep things going. But I do agree that second half he, he slacked off. Mm. He, he just, he, he, I think he tired and his, his level of kind of influencing the game slipped. Um, and it's unfortunate it's his error that kind of leads to the goal it's his slack pass that gives the ball away and the pace that they've got in the counter is frightening um, from that moment on you know it's you just got to sit back and watch that and go wow because it's some finish from the boy Midricks but I think for me it's probably from that moment on actually Hatati's influence just kind of fades from the game and he'd, he'd, mm. he'd run his course and it's unusual to see both him and O'Reilly play as long as they did in the game because usually one or both of them's off after about sixty-five minutes.
4: Yeah.
3: Uh so I think maybe maybe that's something to do with it. Just um just, you know, naturally tiring as the game went on, and it is a step up from the normal standard that we're used to.
4: Yeah. But, it is. Uh,
3: yeah.
4: I mean, if you if you were to look at the um the the attacking um passage of play that Celtic had against Leipzig which resulted in us losing the ball and them going up the park and scoring. You're talking seconds right? It, it was really cutthroat um, and and decisive and clinical and all these things that we've been talking about that, that we wanted Celtic to add to their game. I think that comes with time. I think that comes with experience at this level. Uh, the same thing happened tonight. We lose the ball. Um, it goes to a player like Modric who's a special, special player. Who this time next year will not be playing for Shakhtar Donetsk, um, and you, you, you know, you can only imagine what the transfer fee is going to be for him. And he showed tonight why, because I mean that finish was astonishing. And sometimes you know you've got to just say, oh, what a goal that was just brilliant. But you know you do go back, you ask yourself, why did we lose the ball when we did? How could we prevent that? You know because we've given him the opportunity to show us how good he is, Kevin. But. Up until that point, I don't think we really did. I thought Juranovic uh, had, you know, really stuck to his task. Well, he'd nullified it for the, for the best part. He did have the first the chance in the first half, where Hart saved well. But it's about just you not know, giving him that chance because you know what he can do. He's a supreme talent, um, and even when he picks the ball up where he did, and he, you know Juranovic did well because he's forced him inside. He can't beat him for pace. He's forced him inside. And from a to pull off a shot like that was just astonishing. I mean, you can't say it's bad goalkeeping. You can't say we never closed them. It's just don't give them the opportunity. And the opportunity was only given because we lost the ball. And, you know, it's sometimes as simple as that. Um, if you lose the ball at the weekend against Livingston, are they going to capitalise on it in such a way? Of course they're not. There's no way that's going to happen. But at this level, it will. So I'm not, again, I'm going to bring up, I'm deliberately going to bring up this, this point From uh, Pigeon M and it's not to ridicule anybody's comments but I just think we need a bit of perspective right so Pigeon M reckons it's time for Ange to to thank the Japanese boys and buy them tickets to go back to Japan and I think that's nonsense absolute nonsense now we've spoken about the four signings since last January Uh, some of them have been revelations in Celtic jerseys Kevin right Idiguchi has been unlucky and we've been saying, we're not writing him off. We don't know what he can do yet. We haven't seen it over a period of games. So let's talk about the other three players who were involved tonight. Kyogo didn't have his best night, right? But see, over the piece, you can't write him off. You know, I don't think he's had a great campaign in Europe. But you don't write the player off. You know, he's been he's been superb for Celtic since he signed. His goal-scoring record uh, in terms of minutes played, is up there, you know I, I actually mentioned it the other week there it was neck and neck with Yakamakis. that might be slightly worse than Yakimakis now because he's got in on the score sheet, but you, you don't write a player off because he's not managed to get up to this level in Europe yet, because I think he can, Hatati's the same not his best game tonight and I think a lot of that was down to him tiring the fact that we were playing a sl- slightly different system in midfield, the fact that He's missing his captain who, you know, plays a massive part in the success of Hatate when he's playing alongside them. And Maeda. Maeda didn't have a bad game tonight. I mean, see where he, ha- he heads that ball down to Yakamakis for the, the final chance of the game in the 90th minute. He does brilliantly well to get to that. Um, yeah, he's had a sticky patch this season, but no I'm, no, I'm not having that. I'm not writing off those three players. Idiguchi, the jury's out. But Hatate, Maeda and Kyogo you know, it's been a bad night tonight, but I'm not writing these guys off.
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for
5: Trust is a really hard
2: thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent.
5: As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
3: It's a complete knee-jerk reaction, I think, if anyone's writing them off after tonight. Uh, I don't know how you can, to be honest. Iriguchi, we all know, hasn't played. And it's been injuries, it's been lack of fitness or whatever it was when he came in. And he hasn't had a chance. So you can't judge him because you've got nothing to judge him on so far. But, excuse me. The others, is one of the names you want to see in the team sheet every week. He's, he has struggled to step up, I think, to this level, to play in the Champions League. Uh, and he's missed a big chance tonight. If he scores that, you don't get that comment, and it's one—it's one incident either way that can just kind of sway the opinion. Kyogo's a really top player, and he's, and he's probably a bit low in confidence at the moment because he hasn't been overly informed. But all strikers go through this period. Once he starts scoring again, he'll be flavour of the month again, and he'll be everyone's favourite forward. Um, I think he's good enough to play at this level, but he's another player that's learning to play at this level. Uh, and games like this will hopefully be something that could push him on a wee bit because uh, he'll not want to experience this again. Atati's been excellent for us to move on to him in the, the Champions League so far. Mm. There's been games where he's been our best player uh, or certainly our best midfielder. His range of passing is something that we've all wondered at times and looked at when that's Champions League level. You know, he's he's got that about him. But we all know that he's another one. Learning at this level... Rarely plays a full 90 minutes for us in, in the league. So naturally, he's not going to play a full 90 minutes in the Champions League. He's going to struggle a little bit at the level. But he's getting there. And in the hour that we get out of him, it's usually a top-class hour. Just the way things are at the moment, he had to play a little bit more tonight. And he did fade a wee bit. Um, it'll come for him. You, you can't write him off because of tonight. And I'm a big fan of Maeda. So I won't write him off ever, I don't think. He's not going to be like that... Uh, goal-scoring centre-forward, I don't think. You don't think he's going to hit 20 goals a season for you, but he might make 20 goals a season for you. And uh, if you look at secondary or tertiary assists coming into the season, he'll be really high up there because it has worked great. And he's exactly the type of player that we need at times in the system that Ange plays. And the chance that you mentioned right at the end, I'm thinking that's Scott McDonald against Rangers a few years ago when Big Vinegar of Hesselink, it's the 94th minute winner. It was almost a carbon copy of that. The ball into the back post, the little striker with the header back, and the big man so close to finishing it off. And again, if he if, if that goes in from Jackie Markis, does anybody have a poor opinion of Maeda? No, because he's just set up the goal. Yeah. So I think at the moment there's it's a uh, it's the emotions have been straight after the game. It is a wee bit knee-jerk reactions at times that come in. But I mean, those those three boys are big players for Celtic, and they should be for the next few years to come. Anyone that desperately wants to get rid of them needs their head checked, I think. There's a few comments
4: coming in, and I take into account that it's an emotional um, reaction after a a game of football, but let's keep it into perspective. You know, it it was a 1-1 draw in the Champions League groups. It's not as if we've been humbled. I mean, there's been some embarrassing results previously. This isn't one of them. Um, Paddy Lavery comes in to say I called out a sloppy passing in the first half but that second half was worse and was directly to blame for us losing the goal yeah the, the passing was unusually sloppy um, I absolutely take that and I think that that's the reason we, we um, are coming away with a draw but Jake how many European games without a win need to go by before the, we worry that Angie's open tactics will never work in Europe Angie's been unsuccessful in two campaigns now well, I think it depends on how you look at it, right? He'd never he'd never managed uh, in a European competition until last season, um, and the team that he had was very much a team in transition. And you know, I think that whatever happened last year was almost a free hit. Uh, you know, especially the the Champions League qualifier, which he almost got us through, by the way, um, playing an eighteen year old at the back. Um, and I think that. You know, this campaign is slightly different in that it's a big step up. Kevin, you spoke about, you know, the differences between the teams we faced last year compared to those that we faced this year. That is definitely a step up in quality and in class. But I think if, all you need to do is you listen to Angie's comments. Listen to the way that he speaks about approaching these, these games in this tournament. And it's not about just having blind faith and blind loyalty, Kevin, right? But if you buy into that, And we were talking about buying into Andy's system and players buying into Andy's system like Greg Taylor. I think what you will see is, in time, um, and not after one campaign, not after five games, but in time, you will see that the system will work. Does it mean that certain elements of that system have to improve? Certain players, perhaps, have to improve? I would say, yeah, undoubtedly, that that would be the case. Um, We were without our our captain tonight. We were without one of our most creative players in Jota. This evening The central defensive partnership Of which I am a massive, massive fan By the way Jens and Carter Vickers Is not the first choice partnership So you've got to take these things into account And we've still got a draw And we're disappointed with a draw, Kevin right? So no, I'm not at that stage yet Where I would rip it up and start again I think Ange has a system And uh, it will work It will work if we give him the time uh, That it takes for these things to develop Kevin, what's your take on that?
3: Yep. Time is the important word there for me I think it will take time I think we've come into this campaign um, and on every show as we've said before you know, we've tried to be really positive about things and, and we genuinely do believe that we can win the games that we've, we're playing I think we generally caveat it by saying you know, it's Real Madrid best team in the world, we probably should lose this one it's Leipzig they can spend infinite amount of money every transfer window because of their backers we probably should lose this one but we do have a chance. Um, I mean, we did have a chance and we ran these teams really close. But deep down, we probably know that we're not quite at the level yet. We want to be taking a look at somebody like Club Brugge, as the example, because Club Brugge have been going into the Champions League for the last few years and getting skilt week in, week out. And then they started to make a wee bit of progress hmm. and they were getting a couple of wins or a couple of draws and turning it around. They're now sitting top of the group Ten points from four games, seven goals scored, none conceded. And the group's got Porto, Atletico Madrid and Bayer Leverkusen in it. All of a sudden, within five years, they've become an overnight success. That kind of thing. And that's what we've got to be building towards. We're not going to become a Champions League team in one season. But if we keep the faith with Ange, if we trust in the process, if we keep him on board and we keep on developing... Within five years, we can become the next overnight success like a Club bruges. We might not top our group. We might get a second place. We might become a team that's consistently qualifying for the knockouts in the, in the Europa League. It takes time and it takes patience. And that's something that's a virtue in football. You know, Us football fans, we're, we're a fickle bunch and we can turn pretty quickly. Uh, we don't re- usually give our managers and our players the time that they need. But if we can with Ange, and I think he deserves it, I think he'll take us there. And like he said, but the glass ceiling, you know, if you don't believe that we can get through, don't bother walking through the front door. You know this, Kevin, when
4: you're looking at the, the success story that you've just explained there, it is about being patient. Um, and when we're talking about Kyogo and people are writing Kyogo off, I think back to the League Cup final, right? Let's take a wee, a wee walk back in time to the League Cup final. Leading up to that trophy, after the season that we had had previously, right? And when Ange came in and the reaction to Ange's appointment and then what he was faced with with regards to that fractured nature of the team, low in confidence, losing three of the star players. And on the eve of that cup final, it meant so much to us. We had become intoxicated with success, winning four trebles in a row, right? But that League Cup, That season, last season, meant so much to us. We we were almost desperate to win it, right? Because of what had gone on before, because of the challenges Andrew had faced. And when you watch that game back, the performance of Kyogo was astonishing. It was incredible. Just watch his goals, you know? So that player... Second goal in that game. It's Larson-esque. Unbelievable, right? But that player is still the Kyogo of tonight. He just maybe isn't... Um, On the top of his game He's maybe not at the top of his form But he's still the same player He's still capable of that magic The magic moment that he gave us That day and and since then Um, So I just think that It's a wee bit of perspective And with regards to Ange We're going to get better I'm going to bring up a couple of these comments Uh, Thanks everybody for getting involved We've got Tom Hill They had an elite player And we didn't Now that's difficult to argue with that right? Because we don't have a player like Mudrick. We don't. Simple as that. But what I would say is we do have a very creative player who wasn't on the park tonight. And we do, we do miss him when he's not playing. The creativity of Jota is missed. Now, I've been a big fan of Haksabanovic. It wasn't his best game tonight. He was involved in the goal. But, you know, I think that Jota getting off the, the mark with regards to his goal Talley in the Champions League was a big, It was a massive step forward for him. And I wanted to see what else he could do in the remaining games. We didn't have him. And I'm not saying he's an elite player, but he is one of our players that you would look at to change a game, Kevin. He's one of the guys, maybe in the last 15-20, where you're thinking, right, we need a game-changing moment. We need Jota to step up here. Especially if you're looking around and maybe Kyogo's now having his, his best game. Who else can you look at? Well, Jota would be one of the guys. We don't have an elite player like that very very uh, few and far between our players like that and um, as we said before he's going to move on to massive success somewhere else and cost someone a lot of money uh, Barry McCluskey um, joined joined us at time when somehow your invite got lost in the post Kevin I must have sent it at, at least, least was a McCluskey on somewhere uh, exactly so Barry and I spoke. Uh, Disappointing final balls, too much attempted. Finesse in the box let us down. We needed to get the ball to big. uh, George, the battering ram. Not a bad shout, that. You know, because you've already said, had, you know, Kyogo played in Yakimakis, we could have been looking at a different result. With regards to Yakimakis and the kind of upward trajectory uh, that we've seen from him, I remember sitting watching the Alawa game, the game in which you know, Callum McGregor ended up with the the, the fracture. It was a cheekbone or an eye socket fracture. Um, And Edigucci. Cheekbone, I think, yeah. Yeah, it was a shocker. And Edigucci got injured that night. And I remember wondering, and and I had my doubts that night about Yakimakis. I really did. Um, I just didn't think he performed well enough. I know he scored that night, by the way. The ball was bouncing off him. You know, the first touch looked really, really poor. And I just thought to myself, what have we got here? Because it had taken so long to get him in the team. With the fitness and all this kind of stuff, um, so yeah, I was—I had my doubts. What we now have is a player that, um, if a chance is going to fall to the boot of anyone in a Celtic jersey at this moment in time, you want it to fall at his feet. You know, he's—he's so—he is the most clinical player we've got. He is the box, uh, the, the penalty box striker that um, often a club needs, and I think we. We spent a lot of money trying to get one in a Yeti. Didn't work out. But we've got one in Yakimakis, But before the game, I also said, Kevin, that the way he's treated by the officials in you know domestic games is that he gets away with nothing. Loads of fouls against him, goes down, doesn't get the free kick. Tonight was different, wasn't it? He won those
3: free kicks. That, you it? know, aye, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Aye, aye. Put him in a different league, and all of a sudden, he gets the, the decisions. You know, he's the boy that's got the, both their centre halves booked tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, just by being that that physical presence that unnerved them and forced fouls. You know, if it's the other way around, it's, sorry, if it's in the league, it's probably the other way around in the fouls given against him in the first place. I've seen it so many times. Absolutely, and you know,
4: with regards to Yakamakis, there was uh, talk around the types of games that he can play. I think he showed tonight that he can also play at this level, and I want to see more from. The big man now, uh, Gary buckets. Juranovic horrible again. I, I don't get that. I don't. I thought he's up against the best player on that football park, right? He is by some distance. Mm-hmm. And for the for the most part, he nullified that. I, I don't think he had a bad game. Who else are you going to put up against Mudrick, Now I love Ralston, but I, I wouldn't dream of putting him up against Mudrick if I could help it. Juranovic was our best option, quickest player at the club. And I don't think he was horrible. I don't think he played that badly. No, I,
3: don't, I don't think he had a bad game. He's up against. We'd said that you know, boy, that I think his valuation's a little bit wrong in the, before the game. But he's it was think it was a thirty million pound bid that was rejected, and they're looking for fifty. So that's the kind of player he was up against. I don't think he lost like a a one on one duel with him. I don't think Mudrick really got the ball and was able to take it past him. Mudrick got the better of him was getting on to through passes that were in behind, and he used his pace. Now, if the boy's lightning, it's going to be very difficult to catch him. But there was a few instances in the game where Juranovic actually stepped back a little bit and was able to get, you know, anticipate the pass coming in and make a couple of challenges. I don't think he had that bad a game. And so Anything that he was caught out on, it was a good through pass, and it's the pace of Mudrick that beat him, rather than the skill of Mudrick. And uh, if you look at the goal, he's probably done everything right, hasn't he? You know, you probably want to force him inside onto what you think is his weaker foot. Mm -hmm. Narrow the angle for him, narrow the the opportunity to shoot, and he finds the gap and the shot, the finish, it's unreal. It's a fantastic goal. You know, my my note for that is just, wow, what more can you say? He's, He's an absolute kind of generational talent. Um. Excuse me, and he scored a brilliant goal, and it's it's no fault of any of the defenders that that's gone in, uh, and definitely not of Juranovic. And going forward, I thought he was his usual kind of his usual self. He he contributed fairly well in the attacking mm. side of the game as well. Um, again, always looking for the ball. Same was O'Reilly. If he makes a mistake, he doesn't let it get to his head. He's looking for the pass again. Players will make mistakes in the game, but overall, I felt Juranovic's contribution was actually pretty decent. You know, yeah, I'm, and again, okay he's, he's shown that he's shown that he's he's capable of playing at this level. It's just you know you come up against a fifty million pound player, it's going to be a difficult night, and one mistake that you make can lead to a goal. And that's as I think one of the commenters mentioned earlier on, that's kind of the difference. We don't have that player. We don't have that outlet that just gets the ball so direct, got loads of pace, and you know there's an end product.
4: Remember back in the day um that in Europe Samaras became the best player that he could possibly be. He he, he seemed to thrive on these big nights, didn't he? Um yeah, but again, yeah. you know, he'd he been a law long... school things oh. away from home. I remember rumours even Spark, could think. Rumours that Barcelona wanted to purchase him. He had this incredible yeah. knack, Kevin. It just like catching the ball on his chest. Remember, like it didn't matter how yeah. high the clearance was, it just it just stopped dead on his So that type of player That can turn a game in Europe Have we got him yet? We probably do But they've not quite got to that level yet And I think that that's what I was trying to explain With the Jota absence tonight He's the type of guy that you're going to say Well the chips are down There's a few sets of tired legs Give the ball to him And make something happen
3: um, and yeah, He's, he's the closest that, that, that we've got yeah. yeah Jota's definitely the closest we've got to that That one player that you would just think He'd come from from Europe. He's, he's, a, he's a European style of player. He knows how to play these kind of games, these kind of opponents. You'd trust him with the ball. Samaras was, a, to go back to him, an unreal player for me. I loved the big fella. You know, the most frustrating player you'll ever find in the Scottish League, but you just knew he had talent. And then when it came to the game in Europe, you had to play him. You just had to, because he would hold the ball up. He'd like the play. He'd bring others in. And... Uh, generally decent decent goal scoring return I think in the big games in Europe as well. Mm-hmm. So. I think Sam <laughs> must, must have frustrated
4: the manager you know because uh, I know he it was striking at the bottom but you know sometimes he just didn't fancy it uh, you know and I think Neil Lennon actually said that you know midweek game against Ross County no nah, I don't fancy that but in Europe, in the in the big, big games, he turned up. And I remember being in Greece, and as you do, Kevin, obviously, when you're in the back of a taxi, you ask the driver about Samaras. And um, he said he the did. same. He said the same. He just, he, you know, he, he turns up for the big games. But he's not interested for the wee games. And that's what we need. We need somebody that turns up for the big games at this moment in time, at this level. And you know what? I, yeah, I think, I think they're do. in the squad, Kevin. I think they're there. It's I just know. about adapting and, you and, and know... It's- it's about yeah, the experience.
3: It's about the experience and getting used to the level. Jota could be that player, definitely. He hasn't done enough for me in this campaign, as a, a single campaign, but give him time and I think he can become that player. I also think Abada can be that player. And he showed that for me a little bit tonight with the goal, because he's, he's making that run from right to middle that he makes. In the domestic game, and now he's transferring it into a European game as well. He's got the confidence to, to do the same things and he's getting the results as well. He maybe didn't score, but he did enough to create the havoc. And then Giacomacis is in behind to score. So I'm, I think over time, we've got the players. Um, everybody wants that player ready made and brought into the club, though. And we want him there yesterday. We don't have them. It's unlikely that we're going to afford a player that comes in with that level of ability. But we've got players there that we can coach up to become that player, I think, anyway. No, that's a good point. We we can't buy them
4: ready-made. We need to develop them ourselves, and it's going to take a wee while at this level. Um, disappointing tonight because we know that Celtic getting knocked out of Europe, but I've got to thank everybody for getting involved in the comments section, particularly at halftime when I was flying solo Um And Kevin McCluskey joined us for full time, which is always an absolute pleasure. Will you do the same again for the Real Madrid game in the Bernabeu? Let's hope so.
3: We will do the same, yes. And that's who we win. Because well, we have to get one win in this campaign.
4: <laughs> we we will go
3: into. I can't into, do six we, games
4: we'll win. I know. So. We, we will go into it with positivity. <laughs> that that much is um, absolutely guaranteed. Thanks everybody for getting involved. As I said before, if you want to support the channel, give us a big thumbs up, like the video, subscribe to the channel on YouTube, and if you like some of the merch coming up to Christmas, click on the link underneath, and that is sent out within about twenty four hours. There is a striking Dalkeith until tomorrow. So anyone who's ordered, there might be a slight delay by a couple of days, but we support the strikers. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Thank you, Kevin McCluskey, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Cheers, Paul.
3: Thank you.